Hey guys, George Crabb here, and welcome to this video. We're going to be looking at Psalm 8 and how we see Jesus in the Old Testament. This is a series we're doing called Road to Emmaus, and it has just been a blessing to go through the Old Testament and seeing how there was pictures and types of and stories and biographies, prophecies and psalms about Jesus in the Old Testament. So good. All right. Hey, you're going to get great value out of this, you guys, because when you discover Jesus in those old scriptures, you're going to, your heart's going to burn within you in a good way. You're going to have this new joy, this love burning in your heart because for years, I mean, all my pastors ever taught was the New Testament. It's always, which is great. I love the New Testament, but when you get into the Old Testament, you're getting the whole counsel of God. Like like Paul said, we should do is, you know, we want to preach the whole counsel of God, all of it, the Old Testament. Jesus taught out of the Old Testament. He was on that road to Emmaus with those two men in Luke chapter 24. This is his resurrection day, and he was showing them where he was found in all, all of the scriptures, the books of Moses, the the prophets and the Psalms. That was the Old Testament back in those days. That's, that was the order in which they read it as well. And today, too, the Jewish people in Israel, if you're, if you're watching in Israel right now, you know the Tanakh, which is your Bible, is comprised of the Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible written by Moses, Genesis, uh, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Numbers. And then it goes into... The prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, all the prophets. And then the final section would be the Psalms and the Proverbs, or they, they call it the writings. It might be called the writings, right? So that's what Jesus did. He took those two men through that, and he showed them where he was found. And then it says that their hearts, they even said, did not our hearts burn within us when he opened up the scriptures to us? And my friend, your heart will burn too as you discover Jesus. And we're going to do that right now in Psalm chapter 8, the eighth Psalm. Here we go, guys. Let's go ahead and get into the scriptures. And by the way, if you haven't subscribed yet, hit that subscribe button down below because you're going to get the latest episodes. You're going to get all the alerts. Hit that little bell. And what that'll do is give you all the, the newest episodes when they come out. You get the alerts for that. And feel free to comment below, even if you disagree or uh, if you're in Israel. I'd like to know who you guys think the Messiah is. I'd love to hear from you guys. All right. All right. Let's look at Psalm number eight. Okay. So before we do the psalm, we're going to see it in the New Testament. This is Jesus. He's in the temple in Jerusalem. And the religious leaders are very angry with him right now. And what he does is he quotes Psalm number eight. So this is how it all ties together. All right. So Matthew, which is a very Jewish book, by the way, Matthew, the gospel, the good news of Matthew chapter 21, verse 12, it says, and Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who sold and brought in the temple and uh, who bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables and the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. Wow. Is this Jesus meek and mild here? No way. This is Jesus angry. And it was a righteous anger. And he was getting driving these people out. Why? Why was he doing that? Well, 
from what we understand from history is that uh, they were the temple tax was just a, a horrible thing. What they were doing was just making people change their uh, native coins uh, over to the temple to get the official temple coins, the temple money. But the exchange rate was like crazy. So it was like 10 to 1. It was like, you know, one of your dollars is, you know, it's like nothing. It's 10 cents. Sorry. You know, it was that that's what was going on. And then they would say, like, you'd bring a lamb in for the offering, and it would they'd be like, No, that lamb's not the approved lamb. You have to buy one from us, one of the approved lambs from the religious leaders. And then they would jack the price way up. Same thing with the the pigeons, the turtle doves, right? So so Jesus was driving them out. And then here it says in verse 13, and he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you make it a den of robbers. Wow. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. See what was going on right after he drives these people out who wanted to make it a big marketplace in God's house. Then he starts to heal the poor people, the the disabled and, and these people, the blind, and he gives them sight and the lame to walk. And here he is in the temple healing them. It was a beautiful thing what Jesus was doing. And then in verse 15, but when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, the children and the children, here's the key part, and the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David. They were indignant. And that word indignant means angry. They were livid, seething with anger at Jesus after he's healing all these people, healing the blind, giving sight to the blind, as Isaiah 61 says, and, and giving those who were lame, letting them walk. Those who were disabled, they're getting up and they're walking. And then the little kids were crying out. The, the little children were crying out, Hosanna to the son of David. And then in verse 16, and they said to him, those religious leaders, they said to him, do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, yes. Have you never read out of the mouths of infants and nursing babies, you have prepared praise. So I'm going to read that again. And they said, these, these angry, livid religious leaders looking down at Jesus, and they said to him, do you hear what these are saying? These little kids are saying. And Jesus says, yes. Have you never read? Out of the mouths of infants and nursing babies, you have prepared praise? And then it says, and leaving them, he went out of the city to Bethany and lodged there. I find it interesting that they didn't answer. Oftentimes, he silenced his enemies right here with stuff like this. When Jesus spoke, they were afraid to speak to him and ask him questions because he had just amazing wisdom beyond human understanding, and they knew it, and it silenced them. I mean, I don't know if you guys watch, like, debates. I mean, uh, whether you agree with him or not, like Ben Shapiro, he's he is an amazing debater. You don't even want to think about trying to make him look bad. People do it all the time, 
And the guy is so wise and so good at what he says and, and how he reacts that they, they're just left silenced and they look bad. Well, that's what Jesus is doing here. Here, Jesus, the Son of God, God the Son, and uh, they, they are messing with the wrong guy here. And then in verse 17, and leaving them, he went out of the city to Bethany and he lodged there. So Jesus left after that. And uh, remember this, though, he quoted Psalm number eight, the one we're about to look at, out of the mouth of infants and nursing babies, you have prepared praise. And he says, don't you guys, don't you guys know the scriptures? I mean, you know, you're the religious experts here. And, and uh, they were called out. And this is why they just hated him even more. <laughs> All right. So let's go to Psalm 8. Let's, let's check it out. Let's look at it right now. And um, let's see what it says here, are the Old Testament scriptures. So for the choir director, a Psalm of David, written by David, right? To be accompanied by a stringed instrument. And according to, uh, in the Hebrew, it was is the gittith, and I'm not sure what that means exactly, uh, but the string instrument, we know that could have been the lyre or the harp, they may have called it, which looks like a, back in those days, it was like a little mini guitar, all right? And then it says, O oh Lord, O oh Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. You have taught children and infants to tell of your strength. And the Greek version says to give you praise. And that's the one that Jesus quoted. Because back then the Septuagint, uh, Septuagint means sevens. It's it's basically that was the the Septuagint was the Greek version of the of the Old Testament. Because after uh, Alexander the Great and Antiochus Epiphanes, they weren't speaking Hebrew anymore, and they were interpreting their scriptures into the Greek because most of the people spoke Greek. And a lot of people spoke Greek even in Jesus' time as well, because that was a common language, kind of like English is today, right? So here he says, uh, uh, to give you praise. So so you have taught little, you have taught children and infants to tell of your strength, silencing your enemies and all who oppress you. He silenced those religious leaders when he quoted the psalm. Wasn't that amazing? He actually fulfilled the psalm while they were doing, he's quoting the psalm to them while they were trying to rebuke him for the little children praising him, saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of David, in the uh, the son of David. But he silenced them by just by quoting that psalm. They didn't know what to say. So it was amazing, right? And I just love it how Jesus would pull these these Old Testament scriptures out. He, he had them memorized. They were in his mind. And it's good for us to make sure we have these scriptures memorized too, especially, you know, those, those verses that are just so great to you. Like for me, Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So when I hear voices, I mean, we all do, you might hear, some people say it's Satan. Okay, whatever. It could be your flesh too, or it just could be your thoughts and your doubts. And you might hear voices saying, well, you're not even a Christian. Look at you. Look what you did. How horrible you are. You, you yelled at your kids. You know, you, you uh, screamed uh, bad words at your wife when, in a heated argument. Um, you were horrible to your coworker, your boss. Um, you didn't help that person when they needed help. You're such a horrible, you're not even a Christian. You're horrible. Well, then you can remember that verse. Romans 8.1, there is therefore now no condemnation. That means no punishment. For those who are in Christ Jesus. 
and that's me because I'm a Christian, and that's you if you're a Christian. If you're not, you're going to have an opportunity in this episode to receive Christ and or even to recommit your life to Christ if you would like to do that. You could say a prayer, and it's a prayer to open up your life to say, Lord, I want to follow you as my Lord and Savior, and uh, he will do that for you. He'll give you a fresh start in your life. All right, my friend? All right. Hey, real excited about this episode we're doing, Road to Emmaus. So right now we're in the Psalms. We just covered the Torah, the first five books of the Bible written by Moses. And we went through like Abraham and Isaac, their story, how it showed a picture of Christ. We went through Joseph's story. Um, you know, he was a huge picture of Christ. Moses, Joshua, uh, Ruth and Moab. Uh, Moab, I'm sorry, Ruth and Boaz and Naomi, that story. Um, we looked at Psalm 22 already, but now we're going through the rest of the Psalms and where Christ is pictured in these Psalms. And then after this, we're going to be going through the prophets. And it's, I'm so excited about that because Isaiah, as you know, has huge prophecies talking about Christ. Isaiah is chapter 7, 9, 53, big one. Um, in fact, I have a Jewish friend, and she told me that in the synagogue, uh, in the temple, they they wouldn't even go through. I, they they were going through Isaiah, but they wouldn't go through Isaiah fifty three. They would skip it, and she was just like wondering why. Well, we know why because it points to Jesus Christ. It is so clear, so obvious in that. So, hey, if you haven't subscribed, hit that subscribe button down below. Hit the bell for the alerts, my friend, and you're going to get all of the latest episodes, all right? So let's continue on in this teaching in Psalm chapter 8. We just looked at how Jesus quoted about how the infants and the babes, uh, you know, the toddlers uh, were giving pra- they give praises out of their mouths. They give praises to God and Jesus is God, the Son, and they were praising him, yelling out, Hosanna, which is beautiful, you guys. And um, I don't know if you've ever been in church, but there's times when little ones will amaze you. They'll say the most amazing things um, uh, toward God. Like sometimes we're in prayer, and near the end of the prayer, they'll say amen before anyone else. Amen. Or or they'll give a, a little baby will give a shout out during worship. I mean, I love that. Don't you? I teach Sunday school at my church, and uh, my son, he just graduated from the fifth grade, but I've, I've, both of my sons, I've taught them in Sunday school. And I remember when they were little and other little kids, they would say things or, or, or even sing a song. And it was just so good because out of the mouths of babes and toddlers, just like that scripture says, that you have, you have taught children and infants to tell of your strengths. And remember the Septuagint is to give you praise, silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. Even the little infants today do the same thing, you guys. All right. Now, Psalm 118 shows us something really interesting here. And, um, and what it is, is we're going to see that what they quoted when Jesus was coming down on that triumphal entry on Palm Sunday, and he was descending down the Mount of Olives, riding on the colt, the donkey, and they were shouting out, Hosanna, Hosanna, come save now. And Hosanna actually means it's a cry for help. 
That's what Hosanna is. And um, and they yelled out, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So Psalm 118, let's read that because that's also a fulfillment of what happens. And, and it ties in with what the little children were saying because they were crying out in the temple, Hosanna to Jesus. As he was healing people, they were crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed be the, the son of David, speaking of the Messiah, right? So check it out. So verse 14, the Lord is my strength and my song, for he has become my salvation. Glad songs of salvation are in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. And the right hand of the Lord exalts. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die. But I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. The Lord has dis- disciplined me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Wow. So open to me the gates of righteousness that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. So just picture it in your mind. Jesus is entering in through that east gate, like where the golden gate is today in Jerusalem, riding on that donkey. They're putting palm branches down and their coats down for him and praising and 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 cheering and, and all that. It says here in, in verse 21, And I thank you for you have answered me, for you have become my salvation. And here's the part. The stone, verse 22, the stone that the builders have rejected has become the cornerstone. And Jesus himself used that scripture. So the Hebrew is the head of the corner. So the chief cornerstone was speaking of Jesus Christ, the stone that the builders rejected. And you guys in Israel know, you may have known this, but back in Jesus's time, they did know this. There was a story, a backstory behind this chief cornerstone that was rejected. So Real quickly, I'll summarize it really fast. So during Solomon's temple being built, uh, there was a rock quarry far away, and they sent in a stone that was not cut out by human hands. There was the first stone, and they sent it up to the temple mount, and the workers didn't recognize it, and they're like, what is this? So they kind of just chucked it down the hill, down to a little ways down the hill there on the temple mount. Well, then the other stones came that were cut out. They were these perfect, beautiful square, uh, rectangular stones, and they erected, they built the temple up, and the temple was almost finished, but then the worker said, where's the chief cornerstone? It's missing. Well, they sent word back to the rock quarry. The rock quarry said, we sent that to you a long time ago. And then they realized that was the stone that came to them the first time they rejected it. And so the story goes that down the hill, caught in a thicket, if you know Genesis 22, you know what I'm talking about right there, but caught in the thicket, the, the bushes was this chief cornerstone, and they, they hoisted it out, brought it up into the temple, and they placed it in its rightful position. The chief cornerstone was put in place, and the temple was finished. That's why Jesus was referencing himself as the chief cornerstone. Oh, it's so good. All right. So verse 23, this is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And here it is. Save us, we pray, O Lord. That means Hosanna. Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. 
And then blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. This is what the people were crying out right here, you guys. This is what they were crying out on that triumphal entry through the east gate into the temple when Jesus was riding on that colt, the donkey. This is Palm Sunday. And the people were crying out, save us, we pray, Hosanna, just like the little kids were in Psalm 8, quoting Psalm 8. And then it says, oh Lord, we pray, give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. That's what they were quoting, you guys. And let's look at that real quick. It's so good. So it's in John, right here in John chapter 12. And I'm going to start right here in verse 9, okay? Actually, let me see what this is. So the chief priest made plans. No, right here. Let's go. So he just healed Lazarus and uh, raised him from the dead not too long ago before this. And then in verse 13, or verse 12, actually, it says, The next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees. That's where we get Palm Sunday, right? And went out to meet him crying out, Hosanna, which means save us, save us, a cry for help, right? Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. Whoa, they called him the king of Israel. This may have been where Pontius Pilate got the idea to put the sign above his head, Jesus of Nazareth, when he was on that cross, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of Israel. Maybe, maybe not. All right, verse 14, and Jesus found a young donkey and he sat on it just as it was written. So he's fulfilling all of these scriptures. Fear not, O daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. And that's the uh, that's a quote out of Zechariah, you guys. So Jesus is filling all, fulfilling prophecy after prophecy. And uh, I just wanted to go back to this because this is what the little kids were crying out in the temple earlier. And they were ahead of all these adults that were crying this out when Jesus came down from the Mount of Olives and went through up into through the East Gate into the Temple Mount. And they were crying out, Hosanna, the same thing as little kids. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. Wow. What an amazing, amazing thing these scriptures are. Just makes my heart burn within me with God's love. I love this stuff, guys. So good. So good. Well, hey, my friend. Uh, this is Jesus in the Old Testament scriptures. If you're in Israel, this is Jesus in the Tanakh, uh, in the, the, the Psalms. And we're seeing them very clearly in this. And if you don't know him, you can know him. If you need to recommit your life to him, if you've walked away from him, He's all about restoration, and he wants you to come to him and to uh, receive, open your heart to him. Because Jesus is actually outside of, of our lives if you're not a believer. He's outside, and he's knocking, knocking on the door. And he says, come, let me in. Open the door, let me in, and I'll have supper with you. I'll eat with you. I'll live with you. I'll abide in you and you and me. And it speaks of relationship, you guys, not religion. It's about relationship. And that's what God wants with you. So if you would like that, if you'd like to be born again to receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, 
and uh, open your life up to him, you can say this simple prayer. You can repeat it right after me. Are you ready? Just say the words after me. This is you praying to God, and you're receiving Jesus Christ into your life. You're opening up your heart to him. All right? All right, let's pray. You repeat the words after me. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner, and I am sorry for my sin. Please forgive me of my sin. I thank you for dying on the cross for me and shedding your blood for me. And I also thank you for raising from the dead and you're alive today. And I thank you. I choose to follow you as my Lord and as my Savior from this day forward. Please help me to do that. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. (laughs) Amen, my friend. Hey, if you did that, congratulations. You may feel something amazing right now. You may feel free. That was the the experience that I had when I was born again at age 13, I remember uh, this freedom, like a dirty bag of sins just pushed off of me and this new lightness and, and freedom and, and cleanness and um, just this, this burning in my heart of God's love, the Holy Spirit filling me up. And uh, you may be experiencing that right now. You may not be experiencing anything, but what we do is we go off the scriptures. We know what God says And if you prayed that prayer from your heart and you meant it, you are now a child of God. Congratulations, my friend. All right. Hey, looking forward to the next episode. We're going to keep going through the Psalms and where we find Jesus in the Psalms. And after that, we're going to be going through the prophets. Can't wait to do that as well. But uh, hey, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Comment down below, especially if you prayed. I want to hear from you guys. And if not, I still want to hear from you. So, hey, God bless you, and God bless his kingdom coming to this world.